When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is your place for all things Detroit Red Wings and all things Chicago Blackhawks. This is the Stick Blade Podcast with your hosts, Jordan Linscott, David Barnhouse, Nick LePage, and Tim Stampanato. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Stick Blade Podcast. It's your place for all things Detroit Red Wings and Chicago Blackhawks news, as well as news around the NHL. I'm your host for tonight, Jordan Linscott, and joined by my co-hosts, David Barnhouse, Nicola Page, and Tim Stampanato. Everybody, welcome to the show. Like I said, this is your place for all things Hawks and Wings news. Tonight, we're going to be talking about a couple of things in regards to the Wings. Um, first, Rob Fabry's back into the lineup. He's playing and had a goal, I think it was in his second game back. Also, the fact that the Red Wings have been having a bit of a struggle with their goaltending recently, not really giving them the saves that they need. And it's kind of been costing them games a little bit. And also, we're going to touch on the fact that the Red Wings are going to be involved with something special. And that's a game over in Sweden against who's the Toronto Maple Leafs. And they're going to have one against the Ottawa Senators, I believe. So kind of fun that they're going to be in a specialty showcase style game. First time since, I think, 2016, I believe, the Stadium Series game. But, yeah, that's kind of fun news for them. And then we're going to go over and talk about the Hawks news as well. I mean, Nick and Tim, what do you guys have for the Hawks going on this week? What do we have for the yeah, Hawks? Yeah, a lot Nick? of uh, – a few injuries this week uh, we'll be discussing uh, throughout the show. Uh, then uh, one call – what retroactive call-up. And just, yeah, obviously, our flashback and flash-forward when it comes to both of our teams. Yeah, most of our news is all based in the games this past week, so we'll hit on that a lot. And then I have a fun question for the end for everybody. I'm on pins and needles. I'm so excited. So it is going to be a little bit of a slow week this week for the news week, but there is some kind of like, I don't want to say fun, but I guess interesting stuff to talk about with the NHL. We'll talk about the, uh, the Galchenyuk arrest video that came out. It's not good. Just spoiler alert. That's terrible. Actually. We're going to talk about the Edmonton Oilers because they are such a fascinating case study for the NHL and what's going on with it right now. But let's go ahead and jump into the Wings and the Hawks news first. The Wings is going to be really short, so we'll get that out of the way really quick. Um, The first piece of news, the Detroit Red Wings have Robbie Fabry back into their lineup. At this point, he's basically playing, you know, middle six winger position for them. And it's a guy who he's getting towards the end of this deal that he signed with them. And... 
he scored, I believe it was one goal in his second game back. He's looked okay, nothing special, but you know what? This is a proven NHL player that you have on your roster who can slide in for a center position if they decide they want to start rotating Valeno to the wing for some reason because Valeno's been really good when they just want to get him some reps or if they want another power play option. Robbie Fabry seems to be a great power play player for all things considered. But yeah, just interesting like little tidbit. The Wings, again, we've been talking about this past couple weeks, have been winning through depth. They got another really good depth piece. Not somebody crazy, but somebody good who can eat NHL minutes. Yeah, Fabry came in when we brought him in. Um, didn't expect a whole lot from him when we did, but he's always shown that he can find the net, and he's just a very hardworking middle pair player. Um, uh but yeah, he always seems to find the goal not long after coming back from a long injury. It's like, that's something you can expect. Fabry's going to score a goal. And still looks like he hasn't missed a step. I mean, he didn't miss a step in the game, too, when he made a like jump kick kick save to stop the puck. They like showed it slow-mo replay, and I'm like, watching it, he like leaves his feet, sticks a foot in the air to block the puck, and I'm like, dude, you just came back. Don't. <laughs> But, no, it's good to have him back. Honestly, Fabry's an interesting one for you guys because I feel like he had the potential to be a consistent top six player and just year after year, injuries more than anything mm-hmm. else just would derail his season. Not, not even derail the season, but he'd be out for long periods of time. Because uh, you're right, when he comes back, it's not like he misses any, like, there's not a slower step or anything like that. But I think at this point in his career, he's like in his like eighth season now. Uh, I think if his role is a third middle, third line, middle six player that's going to chip in offensively, get you consistent time and eat some minutes, that's exactly what the Wings right now. Their top six is good. Like mm-hmm. if they can have him in the middle six, that's a boon for them to get. Yeah, yeah he's on it. Kind of, it's kind of funny. Uh, just with you know. The progression of the wings over the years just with Fabry, it seems like every time he goes down and comes back, he gets leapfrogged by someone it, else. Yeah. So, <laughs> hey, it sucks, but like that just shows how great your team is progressing along the last few years. Yeah. It it reminds me a bit of back when we had Sveshnikov, where like we would see Sveshnikov work and then get hurt and then just get jumped. But Fabry is like being like, mm, I'm not gonna get jumped. He comes back and we'll start putting the goals. Challenge at least. Svetch, Svetch, man, he just caught every bit of bad luck you could get. Uh, but yep. yeah, no, Fabry's still a valuable contributor to this team. It's just a different makeup than I think when you envisioned bringing him in. Yep. And he's got two years left on his deal, $4 million a year. Um, honestly, right. depending on how he, if he can stay healthy in these two years, we may try to just reach him to another short term, but possibly get one year's out smaller of him, yeah. money. Shoot, yeah. or flip him. That's like realistically, really... in a year, in a year and a half, right around the trade deadline and that expiring contract, if he's consistent and healthy, you could flip him realistically for a piece that you actually need. Because mm-hmm. uh, you, you'll have people coming up that will replace Fabry. Yeah. But he could be a chip that a team wants. Like even if you're a contender, which I think you will be in two years. Uh, that could be a huge way to boost a hole that you still have at that time. Yeah. I mean, that's a really interesting thing is, you know, Robbie Fabry, he is, he's got two years left. And so by that time, you've got to imagine that either like one of Nate Danielson or Marco Casper, uh, Jonathan Berggren, one of those three players should 
be ready to take his roster spot by the end of that two-year period. Yeah, Amadeus Lombardi, like I love Amadeus. Carter Mazur, even one of those guys should be ready to take his position at that point. So at this point, it's kind of just riding out the contract. But in the meantime, you do still have a proven NHL caliber yeah. winger who can slot in for a center position. Um, but it's again, it's nice to have him back. He's been perfectly serviceable, has not looked crazy out of place. You don't watch him on the ice and go, what is this guy thinking? Right. Like he's throwing, you know, good shifts away. He's just, we said it out for a while with some of the Hawks players, but the best kind of invisible. Yep. hundred percent. Um, The other major piece of wings news, and I don't even know if it's necessarily news. It's just kind of interesting to note that the wings, they've been having goaltending issues recently. And it's not because Billy Huso and James Reimer are, you know, bad goaltenders by any means. I mean, I think it's more one of those things where Vili Huso got rode extremely hard last year as yep. a starting goaltender. They started to play him this year, and he looked fine out of the start, but he has sort of re- regressed a little bit, and I do kind of wonder if it's one of those things where he's not hes not going to be like a 60-game starter. He's going to be more of like a 45-50 game starter, and I kind of wonder if maybe James Reimer needs to be given more of the starts for Detroit. Yeah, I mean, I to, to bounce off that, Jordan, I think that's kind of the way the NHL is going now, too. Like, it's just, you don't have, yeah, I think we've talked about it quite a bit. You don't have a one and a two anymore. It's one A, one B. I mean, obviously, you know, when Vasilevsky's healthy with a lightning, he's a rare instance of a Shesterkin in New York. Yeah, Shesterkin, you know, the two Russian goalies. Um, it's just... You need a collaborative effort from both goalies now, and I think we kind of, I think we well, kind of see the league transitioning over to that. Even Sorokin and Varlot, like Sorokin, is a proven like he could be that person that carries a whole seat, you know, sixty to you know however many games a season. But he's had Varlamov the whole time. They have been such a sturdy tandem. But Nick, tandems are the future. Yeah, I mean, look at Boston last year. One of the one of the best regular season team. NHL history last year, and both of their goalies were like, in my opinion, Vesna candidates. Like, they both were great. They split the time. Um, you need to have that. And, like, yeah, with the wings, like, rewinding it back to us, yeah. um, Huso was our main guy last year. Like, Ned fell apart. Helberg wasn't, wasn't a player. It was not the choice. No. So, Huso, you know, that takes its toll on you. And he might need to take a step back and be the one B for a bit and let Reimer come in. Is Reimer the answer? No. Reimer is a guy to have a spot who can be stable. Um, I think Kosa, as we're hoping, is the guy to become in possibly next year, the year after, to be that guy and have Huso be a dependable one B or someone else be that dependable one B for him um, is what I'm thinking. I mean, that said, I think a Huso could be a 1A, as we saw last year, if he had, like, you can't have Huso and then an old school backup for, as your backup, for, for, a Huso, for a Huso caliber goalie to be a 1A, you need a 1B, which Reimer is a former starter. He was a one one of some caliber before. Uh, this actually, you would just have to make them more of an even split. I think they can't fall into the trap of treating Huso 
like you would, uh, again, Sorokin, Shesterkin, Verlot, like Ottinger, like that's not going to be the way that he's at his best. So lean on Reimer if you have the two of them. Yeah, I miss Osgood and Hashik because they're one and two. Yeah, I bet you, I bet you do. Bet you do. <laughs> Good times. I miss Crawford. Crawford and Ray- <laughs> Razor. But you know, oh like, my God, that season. But when you look around the league, though, one thing that I mean, we've—you guys are just touching on—and I do think it's important to note, like it—it it does seem like it's a tandem league now. Yeah, I don't think that any of the true contending teams, that you know, stay contending teams, <laughs> a lot of them don't have these, you know, nine, ten million dollar goaltenders for the most part. Like a lot of them have a five million and five million goaltender. And that's what works for him. It works for Boston. For a while, it was working for uh, what's their name for New York. They, who's it? Uh, the Islanders right now? They're they're not yeah. playing with anybody who's you know making nine or ten million dollars a year. You just need both goaltenders to be able yep. to carry a game, not multiple games simultaneously. Yep. With how we've seen the front end of hockey evolve over the years, where you don't have your you know goon grinders as much anymore. I think we're seeing the goalie position evolve too, where you don't have your your Lundqvists, your Brodeurs, et cetera, who play like 75, 80% of the season. And then there's just someone there to fill some some spots. Like we're moving away from that. The guy who well, plays yeah. on the back-to-back. Yeah, it's just a physically daunting position that, you know, I think you should be on a pitch count per se because, I mean – you know, going out there night after night, and it's a more acrobatic position than it ever was before. Oh, yeah. uh, just with how quick the play, the pace of play moves now, it's like you gotta your reactions have to be top notch, obviously. But like, mm-hmm. it, it's just you're not in a position to stand up fully yet. You're in butterfly diving, diving through So it and they shoot a lot harder, harder today's game now too. So it kind of over the years it was obviously one a one a then. But I think you, you want that tandem, and then come playoff time, you ride your guy with the hot hand. Because we even see goalie switch ups yep. in the playoffs. Hundred percent. But playoffs I mean, are a totally different beast. However, you get to the playoffs with your goaltending is one thing, but you're absolutely right, Nick. Once you get into the playoffs, it's 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 hot hand. I mean, we saw that in 08 when we won the cup. Hashik was the main goalie in the regular season, and then he started to struggle a little, and Ozga took over, like playoffs and we won the cup i mean shoot 2015 uh when darling swooped in and saved us nick like yeah i mean crawford's a hero and always will be but in that series thank goodness we switched to the backup and rode the hot hand yeah i think but to kind of tie it back to the wings i think it's too early to be worrying about goalie situation right now just because it's gonna it it does figure itself out you know one guy's gonna get hot and you're going to ride him for the f- a few games. He, go- he cools off. You throw in the other guy. He gets hot. You ride him for a few games. It- it'll all balance itself out. And mm-hmm. I guess I will say I do think that this tandem could be uh, could work playoff-wise for you guys. I really yeah, absolutely. do. Absolutely. Neither's a star, but they, they're both stable. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to move on. So we have one last piece of news to talk about the wings and it's nothing, you know, really crazy, but the Red Wings are making a trip to Sweden to go play in a showcase game. The first time, like I said, That's since awesome. the other uh, stadium series game, that they've been involved in one. I, I do have to say this though. 
I feel like the NHL missed such a good opportunity to market like stuff like a jersey, for example, from this game. Just given how rich the Red Wings history is with great Swedish players, I mean, it's their second home. Yeah, after the Russian, like Detroit had the Russian Five era, and then they had the Swedish Five era, and it's a yep. shame that they haven't done, they aren't doing anything special for this. I, I would really think that they would have done something like had a collection of like Stanley Cup champions who are from Sweden as like jerseys, and then you could you know get those right. For example, like you could have oh, a Henrik Zetterberg jersey or a Lidstrom mm. or a Lidstrom or something like that, something fun. But the NHL just no, throw a little patch on the jersey, I guess, to commemorate the game. It's it's unfortunate. It's, it's ridiculous, like. We have the stadium series. We have the winter classics. We have all those things where they bring out like these really fun, cool jerseys. Like the Red Wings, we had the giant English D jersey. We've had there's just been so many cool jerseys for like the the New Year's games, whatever. A patch, really? Like imagine what you could have done with like the Swedish colors and the flag and the Florida de Lis and all that. Like putting that with the wings and with Tamp with not Tampa, Toronto and with Ottawa, like the cool stuff you could have made for these jerseys for these fans that live there and get to see them probably for the first time. And for many fans that probably traveled to go see them here as well, like make something fun out of it. Like bring the Swedish players there, like have Lidstrom and Zetterberg and those guys there to like, do pregame festivities and drop the puck. And I'm sure that. they will be. I was going to say, yeah. do we know that's not going to happen? Yeah. Or? No, I'm I, sure I don't know. they will be. It, it may or may not, but like make it more of a spectacle event. Like with the NFL in London and Germany, they talk about it. They hype it up. I completely forgot we were going to Sweden no, until because the NHL doesn't know how to market anything about it <laughs> until anything, like, so. until Ken oh. Daniel said it after the game on Saturday. Yeah, to be honest, I did not know there was a Swedish. I this is out. the first. I mean, I know we've talked about it on this podcast before, but like I did completely forget until this moment when you <laughs> mentioned it. I mean, even as a third jersey, where you do like, okay, we're gonna wear the third jerseys like three times this year, the specialty jersey. Like, we're gonna debut it in Sweden. It's gonna be this really cool concept. Like, there's so many opportunities for a team to like right? have fun and ball out a little bit, and like, right, eh. like. Like the NBA does the city the city jerseys, which is sick. Those are the, all good. The NFL does like some of the vintage throwbacks. The Lions are doing the two. I think they're wearing those helmets twice this year. Like the cool helmet with like the old school Lions logo with the oh, blue yeah. and white line. Like, do something. Like uh, they've got the reverse retros. Where only very few of them are cool, but yeah, I mean, there's like, but that, but that's exactly like why not even have like that. There, yeah, I right? don't know. That's that's a wild thing to me. But yeah, good luck in Sweden. Like your pipeline is Sweden to Detroit. I feel like. Yeah. Right I mean, now. we have we have some Swedish players still on the roster, you know. So yeah. do something. No, it is a shame though that the league's not doing like more with this. I I feel like this would be such a great opportunity for them, but it's a shame they're not doing more. Um. We can go ahead and move over to the Hawks, though, in just a second. But first, got to talk about one of our sponsors for tonight, and that's DraftKings Sportsbook. I love DraftKings. So if you're not familiar with DraftKings, it's a place you don't – like, let's say a game's come up, like, for example, the Sweden game. 
you can go on DraftKings, you can place a bet, you know, uh, you know, I think the Wings will win by a score of, you know, five to two, for example, right? Like, you can play stuff like that. You can bet on who's going to get the first goal. You can bet on how many goals are going to be, all sorts of stuff like that. You can bet and have fun on the games. And it's just, it's a kind of a, a fun idea to, you know, we, as fans, you love watching games, right? You get that much more invested in it than when you actually have something on the line, which DraftKings, obviously, when you have money on the line, you're a little bit more invested. It's kind of fun to be hoping like you have a real stake in a team winning or losing. But yeah, you can get it on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook right now. Um, you can download the app now and use code THPN. New customers, you can bet 150 bucks instant. You can get 150 bucks instantly bonus bets just for betting five bucks on hockey. Again, that's code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, which is an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. If you have a gambling problem, you can call 1-800 or gambler or visit www. 1-800-GAMBLER.NET. In New York, you can call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help's available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resorts, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield logo are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League, copyrighted NHL 2023, all rights reserved. But yeah, check out DraftKings if you haven't ever done it. If you have a little bit of extra money and you want to throw some money down on a game and have a little extra fun watching a game and potentially win some money for that matter, check out DraftKings. It's, It's a fun place and it's fun to get actual stakes on the game aside from just you know pride for your team oh yeah god bless you DraftKings. <laughs> you you will you will experience both uh, or at least i i've experienced both pain and great joy with DraftKings. It, it's fun More betting the joy, on the ba- it's fun betting on the bears so i can feel the loss of my team and then also feel the deep loss of my money <laughs> uh it's really fun <laughs> No, but we can move on to the Blackhawks now because the Blackhawks have a little bit of news to talk about. A certain uh, a certain young man has been having quite the hot hand recently. Who has he? Bedaddy. Bedazzled. Uh, uh, before we get to before we get to that young Before man, we talk about our yeah. hero, Lord and Savior. Yeah, because everybody's probably already tired of us on this side. But, David's already starting the clicker. Yeah. Um, yeah. I haven't heard the name yet, so I, no, I'm I'm gonna do whatever I can this show to not say his name. I'm just gonna call him different He names. who must not be named. Uh, the young gentleman from BC. Uh a few a few side pieces of notes. Uh we do have some injuries going on on our side. Uh three in one game, unfortunately. Uh, that was a nasty, yeah. Against the lightning. We lost Jared Tenardi, uh, who is on the LTIR right now. Uh Taylor Hall with the knee injury, and then Anthony CU, I believe, was an oblique. Yep. Andreas Anthony CU. Um so uh I think Hall is he it, he avoided a serious injury. Uh, it sounds like he avoided a serious injury. You know, at first you you see a knee, uh, you knee buckle. It, you it, always it, assume the concerning. worst. Um, luckily, I think we avoided that. You know, there's a video going around after the game. Uh, he was walking, seemed pretty fine. So uh, Taylor Hall's day to day, I think, currently at the C, I believe, as well. Uh, retroactive move. Isaac Phillips has come up for Tenorti, but Tenorti is a big loss for the locker room, uh, especially when it comes to protecting a guy like Bedard. 
Big loss on the ice, too. Like, I know, listen, we have a lot of young defensemen that I'm really excited to get more ice time. I'm really hoping that Isaac Phillips gets a couple of games while Tenorti's out just because I like Phillips' game a lot. But Tenorti, the amount of hits and sh- blocked shots that he does provide, uh, I mean, he's a he's a force to be reckoned with on the ice. And they're not stupid hits where he's, like, leaving play to go and make a hit or, like, abandoning his position. They're smart in-game moments. Like he's helping control the flow of play. I he has been such a gem that we picked up last year off of the waiver wire. Uh, he's been exactly what this team needs, both on and off the ice. So like, it, it's gonna be the physical presence is going to be deeply missed uh, with Tenorti out. Hall. I, it sucks, man. I feel like Hall's been in and out all season. Like we haven't seen him and Bedard have a prolonged, like a sustained couple of games together all season, and I, that's what I want so bad. Yeah, it just seems like he really can't hit his stride. Like he's there for two games, out for, three. and it's something, it's it's something different every time, right? Yeah, like, yeah, it, it, it sucks. Um, so hopefully, you know, even if he has to take an extended sit out for an extended a little bit of time to just heal up completely. I would like, rather come, that. And let him 100%. just, even if it's like come back in December or January and just go the rest of the time, go nuts for it. Like I would be thrilled with yeah, that. Come back, come back at a hundred percent. Don't like, don't force yourself back at 85, 90%. Like we want you feeling great. We want you to go. Uh, and I have to see you. I think it's a pretty significant loss for the time being as well. He's, one of the more skilled forwards and veteran leadership just in general on the team as well. Uh, so it sinks that he's out for a little bit, hopefully again, pretty short term. Um, but yeah, I mean that Thursday night yeah. game, was, as fun as it was on our end, it was also uh, a rough one on injury mug. A hundred percent. And like Anthony C is in a weird position regarding his team role right now. Like he, cause he was, a healthy he scratch help. a couple he was of games ago. a couple times. Yeah. Like, and, you know, uh, Richardson basically saying, like, look, I like Anthony C.U. a lot. He brings a ton to this team. But if you're not playing 100% every game, that's a disservice to everybody on the – like, we can't play 100%. So, like, getting back into the game and then going out for injury, that's an unfortunate – like just the timing is – not that it's ever a good time to get injured, but, like, he's in a weird spot right now. Uh, but I mean, Reese Johnson and Boris Kachuk got to slot in, in the absence of, uh, Hall and Anthony CU. So you had Entwizel centering that fourth line of Kachuk and Reese Johnson with him. Like it, there's always someone waiting in the wings to take those minutes. And as bad as injuries are, I'm always excited to see what guys do when they have the opportunity. Absolutely. Jordan, I know, I know you're, ex- oh wait, go ahead first. I was gonna say, like, I think losing Athens to you might actually be the most notable of your guys' injuries. It, it's kind of interesting how his career trajectory has worked out. He yeah. came into Detroit and he looked good, had that weird season where he scored 30. And then the idea was when he got traded to Edmonton, basically, they were gonna I'm have 10. somebody who could <laughs> trade rules. But no, the idea was that. You know, 
the Oilers finally had a guy who could keep up with McDavid, right? And then that didn't happen. And so he kind of floated around for a minute, settled in Chicago. And now you've got a guy who, at this point in his career, is an NHL veteran. And I don't want to say he's leading the Blackhawks because he's not leading them, but he is one of the veterans on this club oh, yeah. who's really helping these younger players through what – is a really hard time rebuilding with a club. You've got a guy who Athanasiu was with the wings when the wings were rebuilding. He was one of those players who just got to Detroit when the rebuild really hit them hard. It's so really weird to there. call him. It's really weird to call him a veteran player leading younger players. When I still think of him as like a young guy on our team. He was the kid. Yeah, exactly. Which is but we're getting older. Yeah. I mean, like he's going to be a loss for you guys. Like I feel, I still think he has a lot to give oh, yeah. to your, to the, to the game. And like, yeah, I was like, when we traded him to Edmonton, I was like, Oh man, this is gonna be fun to watch. Like I love Anthony CU. Like I wanted to see him, you know, match speed with McDavid and I'd like, they're going to, they're going to be great. And it just it didn't work for him. Um, but I think he's in a good spot with Chicago. Like, I think he can be a good mentor to a lot of your younger guys. Cause like, I I don't think he had a lot of hype with the wings like we gave like the Tatar and Nyquists. Um, but I think he was still a recognized player for us. And I hope he can kind of help mold a lot of your guys to like not. What's the word I'm looking for? It's not cave to pressure, I guess. Yes, yeah, not cave to pressure and over expect too much of yourself. Because like, like, he scored 30 goals really quick for us early on and just couldn't produce that again. I also think in in Edmonton, and I'm going to talk about this later when we talk about Edmonton, but I think, again, it goes into my, my very controversial opinion that McDavid is not a player that, like, like Patrick Kane was famous for. You can put anybody with him and he'll blend his game. Like, he'll raise them up. I don't think McDavid – I think McDavid is brilliant. I don't think he's someone that can play with anyone and raise them up. He needs someone that thinks the game like him. And I'm, Anthony CU had the speed, but I don't think he had whatever else it is to be able to play with McDavid. Here yeah. in Chicago, I think he found a beautiful role with playing with Reichel and Kurashev specifically, where we really got to see him thrive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Keeping it simple. Yeah. Know. Fast, like... And they're young. Yeah. They're young. They're going to just try to make the smart play and, you know, yep. contribute. Um, Jordan, you kind of started teeing us up a little bit about our, mm. our, beautiful, our beautiful boy over here. Um, <laughs> the prodigal son. Conor I mean, what? He woke up. Sure. He figured out the league. Yeah. I mean, Thursday night, this is kind of teasing in the flashback, flash forward about character. Thursday night, two goals and two primary assists. Uh, then he bounces back Sunday afternoon with another two-goal performance. I mean, he is just simply – the way he's thinking the game and just – I mean, I'll, there's one play in my mind that I'm, I'm going to hammer. Well, him, it, but. Nick, it's, it's not just the goals and the assists. It's the, it's the way those goals are being scored. Every single one is different. Every single, you know, they're not just, we knew about his shot going into the season. Beautiful shots from the point, beautiful shots when there's space given to him and he has it like, but one of the plays today where he just like flips it up, it dings off of the bar and go like, 
It was right after a stick lift on the yeah. Uh, it like he's he's out hustling people. He's stealing the puck. It's not just somebody gets him the puck and he scores. He's creating chances. He's making space for himself. He's making space for other people. Like he is selflessly passing the puck to other people. Like he's going for the play, the right play. I uh, I'm I am bought in completely on the hype. Yeah, he, no, I, yeah. I was I was just gonna say once he figured out how NHL goalies work versus like <laughs> juniors, he's been he's been lighting it up. Yeah, I think Mark Lazarus said it best today is uh he's no longer just waiting for a play to come to him. He is yeah. making play, he's attacking. He's in full on attack mode. He's making plays happen. That's um unreal. He it's just I think it's his coming out party started it's what, twelve games, thirteen games in. Late bloomers. Uh, yeah, God, set him down. Ooh. He um, did he did get crunched today into the boards. I was yeah, like, oh, and a- I loved the response from Felino. Yeah. Yep. I think Felino got right in there. The one play I want to touch on Please. about just kind of his IQ in general. Uh it was against the lightning. Time was ticking down in the first period. Uh and just the way the puck was at center ice. Uh I forgot what lightning player had it, but it, it, it was hovering around the lightning player's stick. Connor Bedard, instead of, you know, slowing up to try to retrieve the puck, he flips his toe of his stick, just flips it back to, I think it was Nick Felino. gets under the guy's stick, flips his toe to send the puck over to Felino, creates a two-on-one, and Bedard buries it on the backhand. It was just how quick the reaction was. I mean, it, it's something you have to watch because explain it doesn't do it, do it justice, but it just shows the IQ and how how much he is just mentally advanced in the game where he's creating chances like this in something that, you know, 14 seconds left of the period pucks, just chilling in the center at center ice. You think, all right, end of the period, we're going to go up three to two. No, Bedard breaks out of play, makes it four to two. And, uh, you know, you got your foot on the throat of the guy. Uh, <clears throat> well, and just even earlier in that game, the play that he made again, the one singular knock on him going into this season was, He's a smaller guy. Yes, he's, you know, built like a, you know, built like a Mack truck. He's a force, but like he's smaller in the league. That that play where he's able to go up ice, he outmuscled Victor Hedman, you know, <laughs> Victor Hedman, a famous Hall of like future Hall of Famer, outmuscles him who's like a foot taller than him, uh, gets the puck out. Kurashev gets the puck. Bedard then like grabs a stick, gets back into position, fighting off Hedman, gets the puck over to him, tips it in for a score. Like, physicality is clearly not something this kid is shying away from. Like, that's thrilling to have. I see so much of Patrick Kane in him in so many ways, except for he is also not afraid to get into the dirty areas to mix. He's not backing down from anyone. He needs yeah. to get the Lucas Raymond uh, physical regimen to get some more muscle on him, and then he can be even more in those dirty areas. He's going to be terrifying when he gets a little more muscle on him. And also, Connor Bedard is not the only golden child that we have right now. Kevin Korchinski also got his first goal of the season on the mom's trip. Absolutely love it. The moms are fired up. Korchinski gets that again. We knew the offense was going to come. He's an offensive defenseman. He's been focusing on his defense for the most part, and he's looked good. But, man, Nick, I was so excited for him to get that first. No, absolutely. I mean, it's one of those smart hockey plays, too. You get the puck at the blue line, and uh, you kind of fire. He skated in a little bit, fired it from 
beyond the faceoff circle, uh, and you know found, the puck found its way in. You, you created you, the best thing you could do in hockey is put a puck on that because you yep. never know what's going to happen. And it, yep. it found its way through. And uh, you know they're not always the most beautiful shots, but you know Kortrinsky found the back of the net, and uh, it's good to see his confidence kind of get going too. Yes. He's one of those other people too that seems mm-hmm. like as each game goes by you can see things starting to all click together with him. Uh, and I think that is very important for his, not only his development, but the rest of the defensive development around him. Like you go as he goes because he is a future, we're thinking first line defenseman. Yeah. And if he, he holds his own, then everybody else kind of starts aligning in their slots and uh, the, the magic starts kind of happening and unfolding. Yeah. I mean, it's good for him getting his first goals a goal. doesn't matter how it gets in. Exactly. So, you guys remember how, a, I think it was two years ago, I said the Chicago Blackhawks won the NHL draft where they picked Kevin Korchinski and Frank Nazer. You guys yeah. remember that one? Yeah. How yeah. could I forget? I know everyone's hyping Bedard, and, and duly know, like, obviously the kid has earned the hype, but if you really want to get excited for what's going to carry the Blackhawks forward, watch how quickly Kevin Korchinski transitions from offense to defense. Yes. There was a play, I think it was two weeks ago, where the Hawks were on the PK. It was getting shoveled into their zone. He immediately caught the shovel, does a spin, and then sends it right back down to the middle of the neutral zone as if somebody was going to be already there to catch it. That's how professional defensemen handle dumping chases. They catch it, and then they immediately look for the guy in the middle. Yeah, oh, yeah. He's got a hell of a stretch pass on him. Yeah. I really think people are still sleeping on how good this kid's going to be. I, I think in two years, you might be legitimately talking about a number one defenseman. I, I 100% agree. The fact that as a rookie, he it's what, 12 games in, he looks like, again, there's going to be mistakes. There's going to be errors. We see those with every single defenseman, even people that have been in the league 11 years. But like, he seems so comfortable in the defensive zone and Jordan, to your point, navigating between the offensive and the defensive zones. That's usually where guys get tripped up or get out of position because they're pinned. They're cheating a little bit too bit, or they're not able to get back in the play. Korchinski's awareness in the zones has been on full display. I think so far, which is super exciting for a young defenseman. Mm-hmm, yeah. But no, I, just, I know everyone loves Bedard, but you got to give love to the, to the defensive man because, like, they don't always get noticed when they should be getting yeah. noticed. 100%. Yeah, poor, poor Ottawa gave you guys that pick for him, and now they don't even have to bring it. You know what? I In their defense, they took a swing. They went for it. It didn't pay off. I, I, I can't be a hypocrite because I want teams to make big, risky moves more. Mm-hmm. Uh but man, I mean, hope, that was just such hope, a sweet trade. Hope, hopefully, the guy that was picked after him also, you know, shows up and has some great stuff ahead of him too. Eh. Uh, real, real quick, I know, I know. Eh? Jordan, eh. I had, I had two stats I wanted to rattle off too. Uh, I know it. we kind of transitioned over to Korjinski, which rightfully so, he deserves his flowers uh, because he is the future of that blue line. Flurry's not on this team anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Wait um, a minute. So with Bedard's two goal game today, he is on pace for fifty six goals. Not a big deal. Not a big deal at all. I think we, I think we were ha- hovering around thirty five when we were thinking. I mean, we didn't think he'd come out at this rate. Uh, and then 
Now, Connor Bernard in his last eight games now has eight goals. This tweet was when he had his first goal tonight, seven goals in the last eight. Here's every other NHL rookie with a stretch like that since 2017. It's not a big list. Patrick Laine, Austin Matthews, Clayton Keller, Alex Sabrinkit, Brock Besser, Kyle Connor, Elias Patterson, Kubalik, Kaprizov, and Bunting. It's a pretty damn good list to be a part of. Yeah. Yeah, all right. There's a couple of people on there where I'm like, okay, well, they had like one or two seasons where they were. No, yeah. Everyone everyone else on there. I'm thinking Kubelik and Bunting specifically. Yeah. But like everyone else on that list. It's been a really good pro. Darn good company to be in. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, I know know before show we were talking about, you know, number ones. It's obviously. First overall picks. Yeah. Everything, everything, any list that you could be a part of with Austin Matthews is a pretty good list to be a part of. I would agree with that. Yeah. So, uh. You know, obviously, you know, it was a nice – we'll get to the flashback, flash forward. But, you know, good to see uh, the two faces of our franchise's future uh, kind of having themselves a good week. And, you know, like I said, each game going by, it seems like they're just getting sharper on their uh, mindset and their confidence. So good. If you guys don't have any more Hawks, and we're going to transition out and go to the regular NHL. But before we do that, we're going to talk about our other sponsor for tonight, and that'll be Raycon. Um, Obviously, with the holidays coming up, it's busy, and you're going, you know, buying Christmas gifts um, or whatever other stuff you're obviously going to get, whether it's, you know, not just necessarily Christmas gifts, decorations or food, stuff like that. I don't know about you guys. When I go shopping, I like to be left alone. I like to basically be ignored by everybody. And I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I put earbuds in and I walk in the store ignoring everybody. And just, I have a list. This is what I'm getting. And I just start grabbing it and going. Keeps me focused. But in all seriousness, uh, check out Raycon. Raycon, it's it's such a good product for what they offer. If you're not really familiar with Raycon... They make high quality earphones or earbuds. Sorry, they have like a 32 hour battery life. They fit almost perfectly inside your ears. They're not constantly falling out. They're really a high quality product. Check them out. I mean, right now you can actually hurry and buy Raycon at Raycon. Or yeah, you can hurry and buy Raycons. You can go on buyraycon.com/thpn and get 20 50 percent off site wide. You heard that correct, 20 to 50% off site-wide by using uh, THPN as your promo code. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score up to 50% off Raycon products. You can buy them, again, at buyraycon.com slash THPN. Jordan, I want to go off I want to go off script just to give them even more support. With that promo code, you said 20 to 50? Yeah, 20 to 50% oh, off. Wait a minute. They're affordable as is with how high quality of a product they are. They're affordable as is. You plug in that THPN promo code for 20 to 50% off. You could qualify for your white elephant gift and you could be the winner. Everybody would be want. Everybody's going to be wanting to win that white elephant gift. You know, holiday seasons are coming around the corner. Everybody's going to be wanting that. So plug in that promo code THPN, buy your Raycons. You can listen to us or any of the other uh, THPN uh, partners with those headphones and, just live delightfully. Might have to do that. Uh, we can move on to the rest of the NHL. I so there's two things we're gonna, we're going to talk about. Um, <laughs> the first one being that the Galchenyuk arrest video came out. Uh, if you oof. haven't seen it, I'm going to let you know right now. It is I, not good. 
I wouldn't go looking for it, to be entirely honest. I find it incredibly disturbing and upsetting. But it, it's not yep. good. Like, you you can't spin anything in that video and say it's a misrepresentation. Like, Yeah, I guess that's the one thing of it is it's pretty clear. I don't, I, man, I, I hope he gets the help that he needs because people don't talk like that. Unless no, they, no. They, there's something going. They need help. Oh, it was absolutely a disturbing video. I think, uh, you know, when the, the first, I think we were talking about it when it first came out. It was over the summer, and we're like, oh god, like just hearing about the, what it was. The transcript was bad. Yeah, like, yeah, just hearing about it was bad. Of like, kind of like the cliff notes of what he said, but then watching it all unfold on video and how he was sounding and the way he was acting, it was just disturbing. It, and yeah. the the fact that he put out a press release saying, I'm going to get the help I need, and then he goes over in Russia. I hope to God he does not come back to the NHL afterwards like that because that's something you don't want to mm-hmm. see in the league, especially when, when they're in the hockey's for everyone uh, era. Right. Um, I think that, stuff, that kind of Bush League stuff and just dirt ball, scumbaggery, it should stay out of the league for good. There, it's one thing. Listen, uh, I know Austin Matthews had his drunken incident where he like pulled his pants down or something like that, mooned somebody. Dr- Patrick Kane is famously documented for the cab driver incident and whatnot, especially. Mm-hmm. Like, listen, those are all things that have to be addressed, uh, and you shouldn't just wipe it away and excuse it as eh, that'll have. No, you should address that. This, this was a different level. I. I don't know. I don't I don't know what leads a person to be there. I don't know. I, I don't know. It was deeply it was deeply troubling to me. I don't know and I don't want to know what leads no. to get there. I just hope that he gets the help he needs. Yeah. I mean, that's really messed up. <laughs> and you, like the things he said on that video like you said Tim like you don't say those types of things and act like those types of things or do those types of things unless there's something going on. And that doesn't come out like that doesn't come out of nowhere. That doesn't like it's like when you drop a word or something like that and like it slipped out or it was an accident, but it's because it's in your vocabulary is the fact that it was even there to happen. Like, and like, where did that come from? And like even alcohol or a substance is an excuse. All that does yeah, is no. that just that magnifies you. Like it turns you up to what oh, yeah. you are more. Um, and you so do stupid like, stuff. You're, 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 again, maybe even the filters that you typically wouldn't have, like that you would have on a daily basis, you're like, uh, I probably shouldn't say that out loud. Oop, I said the F word. The, Oopsies. The like, fact that the filter was gone and that's what came out, absolutely mm-hmm. not. I, again, I, we're, we're, I've only watched bits and pieces video. of it. I haven't watched the whole thing, and I don't really want to watch the whole thing. I don't think you need to. Um, no. I don't think I need to. Like, it's just disturbing. I'm not a fan of that kind of stuff. And, uh, all this to hopefully say, he gets help. All this to say, Nick, you brought up a good point about the, the hockey is for everyone era and creating a league that, I don't know, maybe future kids can look up to a little bit more than maybe we have been able to in the past. Again, you know, I don't know. I hope that something like that to have something like that come out and then not see tangible help and then have them come back into the league. That would be deeply troubling for me as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that's the thing is like, if you've watched that video, you, if they let him back in the league without proof of like changed behavior, 
That does. That flies in the face of the whole hockey's for everyone thing. Even then, like playing in this league is a privilege. I don't think he needs to be back in the league, to be entirely honest. No, I'm saying if, you know what I I mean? I hear you. I hear you. But not not a good look at all. There's there's no way you can spin anything in that video. It just the video's just as bad as the original transcripts were. I will leave it at that. Man, I think it's worse. Worse. Um, the other thing that I do want to talk about with the rest of the NHL, and it, it's both, I guess, negative news, but the Edmonton Oilers fired Jay Woodcroft as their head coach. This sucks. Mm-hmm. This man just took you to a conference final. Just took you to a conference final. <clears throat> Admittedly, the Oilers got swept. Yes. But that being said, Jay Woodcroft was not the person who deserved to be canned in this instance. And I'm going to, oh. As, <laughs> as, as the two Red Wings guys here, Jordan, we know who it is. All right. We so, know who it is. I'm so excited. Let it rip. If Go you Jordan. haven't been watching, like, all right. I'm not trying to just purely bag on Ken Holland, okay? But with that being said, if you look at what Ken Holland did at the end of his tenure with the Detroit Red Wings, he really didn't do a good job of finding really any diamonds in the rough, so to speak. Almost all of his first-round draft picks for the last five years of his tenure, with the exception of Dylan Larkin, all busted or didn't pan out or were traded away. We've had, I think, what, two selections outside the first round that he drafted actually made the NHL club and stuck around for more than three years. Rasmussen's still here too. Yeah. Rasmussen, but I'm saying like Rasmussen's here and Larkin's here. That's it. Those are the only two players he's drafted that are still with the wings at this point. Yep. Zadina left. And Valeno. Valeno. Oh yeah. Valeno was. We... Dra- okay. So... But important. But I w- meaningful. Key pieces, figures. Yes. You look at then what happened in Edmonton. He had Connor McDavid and Leon Drysaddle and Ryan Junior Hopkins at his disposal. Any team in the league would be thrilled with that level of center depth. Any team would be thrilled. If those are your three centers, you have the best center depth in the NHL. The guy signs Darnell Nurse off of one playoff performance to a crazy contract that is now an overpayment. The guy drafted... No, he didn't. No, he didn't draft Evan Bouchard. Actually, Evan Bouchard is already there when he got here. Yeah. He hasn't had a first round draft pick that has really, you know, quote unquote, hit hard. And in the meantime, he has traded away a bunch of their depth places or depth pieces. They basically gutted their bottom six from last season from their forward group. They haven't found a starting caliber goaltender yet through drafting, which, by the way, they traded all their first round draft picks away except for was it Dylan Holloway and who's the other one? Was it Broberg, I think, was the other one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which Broberg didn't – yeah, Broberg didn't – hasn't panned out. I get it. First-round draft picks, they're kind of a 50-50, but still, you 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 haven't had a meaningful one hit yet. Mm -hmm. Ken Holland has done no favors to his coaching staff to put a competitive team on the ice – nobody's on team family deals. He didn't go out and grab another defenseman to play with Darnell nurses, like a top four guy because the team is so freaking cap crunched. I don't mm-hmm. understand how anybody looking at the situation in Edmonton can go. Yes, we have 
no bottom six, no real defense core, no starting goaltender. It must be the coach's fault. Mm-hmm. Can somebody, I, I mean, anybody here disagree? David, go ahead. I, I, I do not disagree, and I have nothing against Ken Holland. He was the Wings for over 20 years. He helped build three, yeah, three cup championship teams um, and almost four when we got beaten game seven. But something happened in his last number of years with the Wings, and we've seen it transition over to Edmonton now, where he just doesn't make the right deals. I mean, he almost put his eggs in the big basket of the Suter Parise signings that would have oh yeah strapped us hard because apparently we offered from what I remember we offered them both bank to sign with us and they both went to Minnesota instead um, and then like he just is like I don't know what else to do and just <laughs> this is it has made made bad signings after bad signings and re-signing guys to huge deals that didn't need to be signed like. I love Justin Albuquerque. He got too big of a deal. Jonathan Erickson got too big of a deal. We gave Stephen Weiss, who barely even played for us, a huge contract. Like, and he's doing it in Edmonton. Like, Darnell Nurse had, like Jordan said, a good series. It was like, bam. Like, that doesn't transition to his overall career. And he's not filling the holes that Edmonton needs. Like, you have one of the greatest athletes in all of sports in Connor McDavid. And you have built nothing around him. Like, Leon Dreisdale is one of the top, I would say, five players, ten players oh, in yeah. the NHL. Um, five for sure. I would say five. I think you're five. correct. Yeah. You have two of the <laughs> two top five players, McDavid number one, in my opinion. And they're th- they have three wins. They just gave San Jose their first win. Like, what? Like, coaching is a problem at times, but it wasn't Woodcross fault. He should not yeah. be fired. Yeah, go ahead, Nick. No, I no, I think you're right. I mean, but here's the thing when you're at this point of the year, it's this early. Um it's hard to fire a GM this early in the season. And so so I guess the way you need to word it is like they need a scapegoat for the time being. Uh, yeah, I was just know, thinking so, that in my head too. Like you need to, you need to light up the, you need to light up the team. You know, you need to light a fire on the team, and you're not Ken Holland's not going to get fired this early because, like you said, they were just in the conference final, uh, and you know it, it's clearly, clearly Holland has messed up some signings like Jack Campbell, who's currently in the, who, who's just on waivers now in the minors, lit up in the AHL the other night. Yeah. It, it, it there's a whole bunch of issues. Cause I think what the Oilers were averaging under an eight sixty four save percentage, which is, that's you know, a, that's not abysmal. a playoff team. Yeah. It's abysmal, but you also, you know, I do understand what Holland tries to do as a GM because the pressure is on, like you have to put something around McDavid and Dreisaitl. And the pressure's on. Like, obviously, McDavid has not been the happiest because of what's going on. Like, he is way too talented. Him and Dreisaitl are way too talented to be going through these struggles. And, you know, here we are. And it's kind of ironic that Woodcraft gets the the hose um, after a win. Um, But I know they're Mm -hmm. on a road. 
Uh, but yeah, it's never good when San Jose, who might be the worst team we will ever see in NHL historically history, bad, uh, gets their first win against your team, and they have two top players. I know. I mean, I know McDavid's dealing with some injuries right now too, but God, you can't be this bad. No, I, again, that's that's where you're absolutely correct, Nick. I think whether I think it was justified or not, I think firing Woodcroft as the coach. It, it's that cheap, quick way to get a spark, to light a fire. It, no matter who you put in, there's going to be potentially a little boost for a little bit of time. I think that people expect of everybody woke up really fast. Like, oh, geez, the coach just got fired. Like, we got to get it together. Like, this is where we're at right now. But, like, I, I said it earlier, and I'm going to say it again. There are, I think there's two types of generational star players. There are the people that, see the game in such a way that they can slow the game down and anyone that plays with them, their game is elevated because they play with that player that the player can make even, you know, guys that would typically be bottom six, all of a sudden shine as top six talents. I think Sidney Crosby is that way. I think Patrick Kane was that way. I think that I think Connor Bedard's going to be that way. McDavid I think is the other type of star generational player that is an absolute genius freak of nature athlete that needs people that can think and see the game yes. at the same level as him. Like he can't slow it down. Yeah. Not, not necessarily. You don't need a stud, like a stud on the ice. No. You just mm-hmm. need a guy up here. All the mental. I, I think, all I, do. I think the Zach Hyman pickup. Uh, was one of the smartest moves that the Oilers made because for some reason those two clicked really, really well. And sometimes you can't explain chemistry, but like they, Hyman knew exactly the style of play he needed to play and where he needed to be to make things work for McDavid. That line of him, Evander Kane, uh, like that was actually a really good line. But when we had that, there was nothing else. Like your bottom six is a mess. You're, you've got Bouchard. I understand Nurse. Nurse was a reactionary uh, contract because Oscar Clefbaum was never coming back. And they looked at it and said, we had our number one. Nurse is the next best thing. We better lock him up. Like, but you've got no one. Like the rest of your defense is shoddy and full of holes and your goaltending has been atrocious for the past five years basically like that's not new all of the issues that there were five years ago are still issues right now and that's i think where holland i I think a lot has been masked because of mcdavid and dreisaitl and just this team is the exact same team it was five years ago yeah Mm -hmm. it's the same thing um few other notes, uh, just one other note, I guess. To, we talked about Woodcroft getting fired from it. Uh, the replacement coach is Chris Knobloch, who mm, yeah. famously was Conor McDavid's coach in juniors. Uh, so maybe something to keep him happy for the time being, like we've seen with Shane Doan in Toronto with Austin Matthews. Um, I don't know, Jordan, you see, you're making some faces over there. I love it. Ooh, right? 
Connor McDavid's a great player. I'm not going to act like he's not. We all know he's probably one of the top two players in the NHL. Probably top number one. one. Yeah, he's <laughs> number one. He's, he's, he's the top not player. probably. He's number one. He's but, number one. But you guys he's get top. what I'm saying. Like, he's yeah. literally a franchise-level player. That being said, getting his junior coach for the sake of keeping him happy, I feel like that... Well, he's I feel like that's you're trying to appease him instead you of are. actually making your franchise better. Like, oh, you absolutely are right now. He's a he well is their franchise. He, he is, is their a well-regarded coach. I, he was coaching for the Hartford Wolfpack, but he was a well-regarded, you know, coaching uh, AHL right now. But it's not like he was still coaching the Erie Otters, and they were like, "Hey, I need you to come coach this team. We need to make McDavid <laughs> yeah, happy." He just I walks think... off in the middle of the game. Sorry, guys, I gotta go. It you doesn't understand. hurt, right? No, it doesn't hurt to. It bring... doesn't hurt, but it doesn't feel like it helps. But I nothing, think it... nothing's gonna help right now. No, no, no. It, it, we bet. As Hawks fans, we've been here just a few years ago. Oh, we yeah. Were at, we were at this point with Jeremy Colleton just, what, two years ago now? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, two years ago. Because then he where, left, though, and we had King. Yep. Yeah, where we, Derek King took over. It was so far, like, it, not too far down the road, uh, but it was at the point where it was like, well, this this season's a lost cause. So, uh, yeah, that's it for – that's I think all I can think of for the Oilers. I think the only kicker is when you're <sighs> – Man, yeah, they are exactly where we were because we were nearing the end of Kane and Taze's contracts and, like, there was no time left for lost cause years. The only difference mm-hmm. is, and I think fair or unfair, McDavid will always have this caveat with him until he gets a cup of, again, at least with Kane and Taze, it was like, ah, it's another waste. That's unfortunate. At the end of Kane and Taze's careers, we were hoping to go for one more. Like, McDavid's never tasted it. And I think he'll yeah. always have that asterisk. It was the same way with Ovechkin until Ovechkin got a cup. It's like, yeah, he's brilliant. He's great. But, like, can you win with him? Yeah. Like, people mm-hmm. are going to start asking that if they haven't already. Yeah. I'd rather yeah. be San Jose right now because at least there's no expectations and they don't have – like, they're building a future. Yep. Yep. Uh, uh, yeah. Eh, what are you going to do? Let's flash it back <laughs> and so, then flash it forward. So we'll go on and hit, move to the next uh, next segment of the show. We're going to hit this one really quick because there's not really a ton here to talk about. Yeah, we hammered a lot of what we were talking yeah, about. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Um, we're going to do what's called the flashback and the flash forward segments of the show. Basically, we talk about the week that was and the week that's coming up for the, the Detroit Red Wings and the Chicago Blackhawks. We started with the Wings, so we'll go ahead and start with them for the uh, the flashback, you know, just for this, uh, for this segment. So they played – who was it? They played the uh, the Montreal Canadiens. New York they Rangers. The Rangers and the Blue Jackets. They dropped all three, but the weird thing about this week was – No, we didn't. Can, are you, we beat Columbus. No? Oh, yeah, we did beat Columbus. Sorry. Give Most, yourselves yeah. a little and we credit. Lost, and, we, and we lost to Montreal in overtime. But – yeah, so the Montreal Canadiens – sorry, I'm looking at the other week – the other one. Sorry, the week before – so we had basically like a uh, a one two split. We we had the Rangers, which they went up five goals within the first two periods to none for Detroit. We tried Detroit, to come back at the end. Yeah, they tried to play for the last ten minutes, and it looked really good. They played a really hard, grindy game with the Montreal Canadiens. The Canadians just they they took the game in overtime, and then they beat the Columbus Blue Jackets five to four. Mm-hmm. I would have liked to have seen a win over the Montreal Canadiens. I think that it, it was really something that Detroit 
kind of let the game get away from them, if I'm being honest. We did. But we got a point out of it. Something. I want to feel good about this week, but I don't... The Rangers... The Rangers is always going to be a hard game because that team has just been firing in all cylinders. They're just it's so a true good. Competitor. Yeah, and we matched up with Boston a couple days before, which is great. Um, the Rangers just came out hotter than us, and that's okay. Um, maybe we'll see them again later this season and get get the number back on them. You never know. Um, but Montreal, yeah, we got we got a point out of it in overtime. They they snuck one in it overtime. Good for them. But then we we looked hungrier against Columbus. Like we were like, and I was when I was watching that. I finally got the stream that I was watching to pull up work. Um, one of the announcers says the, he was like, the Red Wings are desperate for a win here today. Because like I'm like, yeah, we are because we can't lose out the week, especially against Columbus, who is on paper the weaker team, and we did beat them. I, if if I were gonna say, like talk about you know like a star of the week for the Red Wings this week, I I'd almost have to give it to Jake Wallman. He had that really interesting uh, goal versus Columbus yesterday. I think it was mm-hmm. where they kind of crowded the net. But again, he we're big fans of analytics on this show. The analytics show that he's I call it the Duncan Keith effect, right? Where the longer he's out there and against the harder competition. The better he gets, like definitely, yeah. Jake Wallman should go down as Steve Eiserman's best steal yet. The the fact that he was a add in on yep, a trade we talked about is this last so week. It's just good. so good. It's gonna keep coming up because it is just so good. <laughs> yep. Never thought he would be a first line pair when we got him. Didn't see it coming. But he's not my star of the week. I decided just because I oh. every time I've seen him on the ice. I just love seeing him there. He's he he fits in well. He shows up on the PK. He plays, you know, good minutes. JT Comfer, um, one of the new guys. Um, Comfer in our win against Columbus. I was looking at him like, well, what what was he doing? He got an assist. Good assist. He won nine faceoffs. Only lost three. Now when we were struggling, <laughs> when we were struggling against the Rangers, he got blown out of the water in faceoffs. But that's understandable. Whereas against Montreal, he um, was about 50% on face-offs that game. He he lost six and he won three. Um, and, you know, I think he's just fit in well. Him and Cop together, I said it last week when I picked Cop as my uh, star of the week. Like, they just both play so well together. Um, and I'm excited to see, like, the growth of this team, especially with, like, the new and newer guys, because, like, Cop is still kind of a new guy because, yeah, we had him last year, but he didn't play as much last year, and he was hurt for a good portion of the year. We're finally starting to see him show up, and I think Comfort is a good compliment to him. Yeah, they're, they're both true two-way players. Both can play full 200-foot games. Yep. So the Hawks, what was your flashback? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Did, oh, oh, yeah, you got it. Uh, this past week, uh, we had, uh, on Thursday, we had, we actually beat the lightning. So that was great. A five, three game. Uh, and then, uh, today we lost to the Panthers four to three. That said, I don't feel bad about that loss, Nick. I feel really good about the way we played that game. 
No, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we kind of touched on the lightning, which is just how how fun that game was. Uh, just even you know, with the injuries, yeah, despite the injuries. But yeah, as for as for today in specifics, just uh, yeah, we battled. You know, we, we were down early and then came back, tied it up. Down again, came back, tied it up. Uh, and then you know, obviously, it's great to see Bedard involved majorly in this game. And I think this was one of his best games. As weird as it is, it's one of his right. You know, Thursday and today were his two best games of oh, the season easy. so far. Um, but, yeah, I, I felt good. You know, the Panthers are a tough team. Obviously, would be in the cup final last year. Uh, they're a physical team. And I'm, I'm happy to see that we kind of stayed in this game uh, despite, you know, being shorthanded. And mm-hmm. uh, just it, it was it, it's what I want this team to be. You know, I, we're not going to win games. Like, we're not going to win games against teams like this often. No. So we're. I just want to see them be able to compete, and they did. My favorite yep. part of this game might not have been one of the Bedard goals or any of the goals. It was when Bedard got hit into the boards. Uh, Felino said, "Absolutely not, unacceptable." Uh, you know, went after the guy, got a double minor, and then the penalty kill came through and killed those double minor. Pe- killed the double minor penalty, like. To me, yes. Was it a penalty hit on Bedard? No, the ref didn't think so, but it's still an unacceptable hit. Like, if somebody had hit Patrick Kane, I would have expected somebody to go and answer that. Like, even with it being tied, Felino did what he had to do and responded to the hit. He took the risk, and the penalty kill showed up for him because he showed up for Bedard. That's the stuff that gets me excited about this team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to set precedent uh, on your superstars. So, so, I think we already know who your guys' player of the week is, but uh, let's just hear something. I mean, clicker. is there any? Let me get the clicker. Is yeah, there exactly. any other answer? I, I don't even need to go in detail. We talked about him enough. We gave him his tummy six this episode. <laughs> Connor Bedard, you are my Con- player of the week. Connor Bedard, you're my player of the week. <laughs> nice and sucks. We had Tim so back the- in our basic white girl shit. Yeah, exactly. Flash forward for the Wings, Jordan. We um, because we're in Sweden, we only have two games this week. Yeah, the uh, the Wings only are going to have two games this week. They're going to play against the Montreal. Co- or, uh, Montreal. No, that was Ottawa. Last week. They're going to play against the Ottawa Senators. They're going to play against the Toronto Maple Leafs this week. Yeah, so Thursday, Friday, two p.m. I feel like this is a split series. Ottawa has not been up to expectations this year. It. I agree. They haven't been bad, but. I feel like they took a step back, weirdly enough. They just yeah. – they don't look as scary as they did last year. And Detroit they had don't. a firepower. I, I think Ottawa – Detroit should be able to win. Admittedly, yes, Detroit's power play bailed them out of the last game they played. But I don't – I still don't like Ottawa over Detroit. I, I think Detroit added more than Ottawa did this year. Yeah, Toronto's I mean, still Toronto, though. They they're so stupid good at forward. I mean, I'm leaning towards what you're doing. Yeah, I think I think we can beat Ottawa. I think it's split one way or the other. I think maybe we get surprised by Ottawa, but we could surprise Toronto. But if I'm going with the more safe bet, I would say we beat Ottawa and we lose to Toronto. I'd love to beat Toronto. That'd be fun. You know, show William Nylander hopefully his future team. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> Just kidding. William Nylander, this uh, could seriously. be you. You could play for a real competitive club. There Yikes. you go. Um, 
but yeah, I think we split. I mean, Tim and Nick, what do you guys got for the, uh, the upcoming week? Because you guys have a couple games. You guys aren't you guys aren't stuck on the Sweden trip like we are. No, we've got uh, on Thursday. We're back with the Lightning, uh, so we'll be facing the Lightning on Thursday. On Saturday, we face the Predators, and then on Sunday, we face the Sabers. So a three game week. That's exciting. Wow. Yeah, back to back too. Oh yeah, yeah. The Saturday Sunday for sure. Um, I. I think that the Lightning come back and they look at it as a revenge game. I don't think we beat the Lightning two games in a row for them. Uh, so I think we lose to the Lightning. I think we beat the Predators. And I think we beat the Sabres. Ooh, two for I, three. I, they're still, they're a good team. You know what? I'll give the Sabres their due. They have become a truly exciting team to watch. But they're still learning. That's what happens when you get a lot of first overall picks, you know. Well, don't tell Edmonton that. They, they might have expectations. Uh, yeah, no. I think it's one loss and two wins. Uh, I'm going to go I'm gonna go. we lose to the Lightning. Like like Tim said, I think uh, they get their revenge against us. I'm going to say we lose to the Predators, and I think we beat Buffalo. Okay. Okay. So we're I, aligned I, on it, that one. Sick. Yeah. Yeah, I just think Nashville is – they always play us tough. You know, even when we're the dominant team, Nashville has always been one of those teams that they they see the Hawks on the schedule, they circle it, and they're going to come out strong. Yeah. And I, and I think Soros, if Soros is in net, I, I think he steals it. I get that. Yeah, that's a good point. But that's everything I have for our schedule. Somebody said they had a, a question to end. I do. You know, gentlemen, uh, it is the month of November, which I don't like skipping over Thanksgiving like a lot of people do with all the Christmas decorations and Christmas music. Um, but, you know, I love I love Thanksgiving. I'm thankful for you guys and for our show. Um, but part of Thanksgiving is the dishes. And I just had a question. It's a short question for us all because, like, you know, my mother-in-law makes great Thanksgiving dinner. We've actually, you know – substitute the turkey the last couple of years because like she makes a great turkey but we said we're getting bored of it and we want to do something different so this sure. year we're doing the ribs but we're thinking of a different dish side dishes favorite side dishes so i'll start with mine because i have Please. mine in my head already so my mother-in-law like i said makes amazing food thanksgiving food especially and the two dishes that we have kept out of all the dishes that have kind of been pushed to the side are her mashed potatoes. They're like these garlic, creamy mashed potatoes. Yes. <laughs> and like super garlicky. Like Dracula will die if you talk to it. Fantastic. Is there any other? Good. Um, and then she makes these roasted Brussels sprouts that Ooh, have okay. candied, like little spiciness bacon and a cheese sauce. Ooh. Oh. Mm. Sounds wonderful. Both of them are amazing. So uh, I'll turn it over to my fellow Red Wings co-host to start. Uh, Jordan, favorite Thanksgiving side dish? Oh, you asked. You're asking me to pick like my favorite child, David. <laughs> <laughs> Sophie's choice. All right. Of Thanksgiving foods. Yeah, it's, that's so, great. It's got to be one of two. It's either super buttery and garlic mashed potatoes, Ooh. or it's super buttery but salted corn. Those are like those Ooh. are the good Ooh. salted buttery corn on the co- absolutely holy cow. 
if you, if you got one of those two, it's a great Thanksgiving meal. Fine. Okay, okay. Tim? All right, so for me, my all-time favorite uh, Thanksgiving side dish, haven't had it a lot in recent years, but I had it a ton growing up as a kid. It was a staple every Thanksgiving. You got your pot of, you got your pot of sauce, and you got your brujol, your meatballs, your Italian sausage, and that's just you're just scooping that up. You got you got the sauce, the gravy, whatever your family calls it. Oh my god, that's great! Yes. Oh my oh god, because obviously you got your turkey, you got your lasagna. Like you're gonna have Wait, it. What lasagna? Uh, <laughs> you guys never had a good Italian Thanksgiving as a kid. I'll tell you that much. I want to go to an Italian oh, Thanksgiving. This is great. Pot, a pot of sauce and the assorted loose meats that are in there. A little bit of brujol. You got to be careful because the toothpick is in there holding it together. Got to take that out. Otherwise, I myself as a kid popping them in all of a sudden. Get yourself a toothpick. Ouch. Yep. You got to be aware. But that's my all-time side dish okay. for Thanksgiving. Okay. Love it. Nick. Nick. Uh, I'll last round but it surely up. not least. Yeah. I'll round it up. Um, it's... Basic. I don't know. I don't know if it's a regional thing. I don't know. Uh, one thing I kind of grew up doing, or that I still do now, I, I kind of took over responsibilities of making this dish, and I'd probably make it four times within a week, uh, just due to you know, like Friendsgiving, Thanksgiving with the wife's side, Thanksgiving with my side. Uh, corn casserole. I think corn casserole okay. is corn, corn casserole, casserole is without a doubt my favorite dish. Um, I have to look that know, up. Oh, it, it is phenomenal. Uh, it, it, you get your cream corn. You get your regular corn kernels. You get the corn Oh, my God. Mix. That looks amazing. Oh, it my is, God. It is absolutely phenomenal. Oh. Uh, I am happy to take over responsibilities of making it because I will eat a ton of it every time. Yep. Uh, and a quick shout out. If we don't talk about Thanksgiving food next week, the Thanksgiving, the leftover Thanksgiving sandwich where you put oh. all the sides on some turkey load it up toast that bread slam it all together mm. and mayo throw some mayo on oh, there i mean yeah you sure, absolutely me. mayo, no. what see you know everyone's <laughs> got their, their thing it's okay i didn't discover actual mayonnaise till i was like an adult because my mom bought miracle whip it's besides the point that's you listen you say that miracle whip is actually my go-to when i'm making deviled eggs uh-uh. Don't you knock it till you try it. Let me tell you that much. But. I'm getting hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Gentlemen, good, thank you. Good you question, know, David. Thank you for that. Thank you for this wonderful show and this November Thanksgiving month. We're not skipping Thanksgiving. You know, Like I said in the beginning Hello. of this, this segment, I'm thankful for you all. I'm thankful for this show, and I'm thankful for the Red Wings. Thankful you know? for you. I'm thankful yeah. for Connor Bedard. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll go ahead and close our show out. That is everything that we have to talk about on tonight's show. If you liked what you heard or liked watching us, feel free to give us a like, follow, share, whatever the social media currency is on the choice you found us. We are all over the internet sphere. Feel free to check us out and give us some love. It really does help the show grow. And also feel free to check out the other shows available on the Hockey Podcast Network. If you're not a fan of you know the Wings or the Hawks, respectively, you, you should be if you're not if you're watching the show, but if you follow another team, for example, the Hockey Podcast Network probably has a show on the team that you follow. Feel free to check them out. And also, like I said, feel free to check out the sponsors for tonight's show, DraftKings and Raycon. Both of them offer great products that, honestly, we can get behind. It's not generic sponsor like that we fill. They actually do offer fun and engaging products. Check them out as well. 
But with all that being said, for your host tonight, Jordan Linscott, and for my co-host, David Barnhouse, Nicola Page, and Tim Stamanato, <clears throat> this has been another edition of the Sick Blade Podcast. We'll check you guys back all here next time. In the meantime, stay safe. Take care of each other. Take care of yourselves. And we'll catch you back all here next time. Have a good evening. <laughs>